the Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty. And Giuseppe Corallo. Thank you to everyone for joining us. Uh, today, we're happy to welcome our friend Clinton back to the show. Hi, Clinton. Hi, Hi everybody. I'm so excited Hi. to be here. <laughs> well, we're, we're happy to have you back. I can't wait to talk about how much we hate Owen Hunt again. <laughs> you will have to wait for that. The theme today is that we're going to be talking about our top three most underrated episodes of Grey's Anatomy. So we've each gone back and kind of picked episodes that we feel are underrated that could use some extra love. And uh, today we're going to be sharing, you know, why we love them, why we think they're uh, interesting. Um, so that is what we are uh, going to talk about today. So start off, Clinton, uh, how are you doing? How's, how's life uh How's life where you are? Oh, I mean, life is good. It is a sunny day. I have a cup of coffee in my Stitch mug from Lilo and Stitch. So life is good. There's COVID, which sucks, but you know, Grey's Anatomy is still there. How are you guys doing? What's uh, new and shaking over there? Seb, do you want to go first? Oh, well, I don't have a, a cup of coffee next to me. So I'm not all perky and sunshiny. How uh, we, Isn't like... it like nighttime for you though? Like that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's almost eight o'clock in the evening here. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, so I'm a little bit tired, but I'm happy to talk to you, all of you guys. So yeah, I'm excited about this episode. So yeah, life is good, except for the fact there is a raging pandemic all around <laughs> us. But yeah, other than that, life is pretty good. Yeah, um, it's afternoon where I am, so I, I have a glass of water. Um, and it, it is sunny here, but it's quite snowy. And uh, yeah, raging pandemic. Yeah, at least we still have, you know, Grey's Anatomy to keep us company. So. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, we have more than 300 episodes to rewatch. So yeah, I, I saw recently that um, that somebody was showing the statistic that that now that there are so many episodes of Grey's Anatomy, there's literally, there's over, there's more or over 365. So there's literally, you could watch one episode a day for an entire year if you wanted to. How many episodes are there? Like, could you watch two a day for a year or like? Uh, let me check. They are, uh, they are 369. Oh. You know, yeah. do you know what we should do? We what? should all start tomorrow <laughs> on the pilot again. And we should all see who can finish the show the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's the idea. We could, we could launch this challenge among our listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What a lawn challenge, like the longest marathon you could ever do. Oh my God. And then afterwards we can do a challenge on like days of our lives or something that's random. Oh my God. Is it like general hospital or something? Yeah. Something crazy. Oh my God. Okay. So Uh, should we start? We should start. Yes. Let's get started. Uh, Clinton, you are our guest. Um, I think we start with you. So do you want to talk about um, the the first episode you chose and why you chose it? And yes, uh, should I do a thirty second recap of the plot line? And I I will time you. So let okay. me know when you're ready, and I will hit okay. go. I'll say the title first, and then we'll do a thirty second rundown. Yeah. So so yeah. this is season six, episode six. I saw what I saw, and okay, let me know. Count me down. Okay, one, two, three, go. So in this one, um, Meredith has just given her a uh, part of her liver to her dad. So she's not really in the episode and Izzy is gone for like the first time. She's like, you know, going to be gone forever pretty much. And um, all the new residents from Mercy West are there and everyone like hates them and they hate this, the, the Seattle Grace people. And it's like total conflict and chaos. And they're in this super crazy OR or ER. And um, as someone dies and they're trying to figure out whose fault it is. And so they keep flashing back to figure out who's doing what. And so there's scenes where like, 
Like it looks like Alex is going crazy and trying to cut people's carotid arteries, but he's really trying to do an emergency procedure to like save a life. And Lexi can't handle this burn victims burns. And it's super crazy. And in the end, you find out it's actually April who didn't check an airway because she got distracted by an ax being in someone's chest and there was soot in the airway and they didn't intubate in time. And everything afterwards was because she didn't look in her throat and she died. And so a woman died because of April. And at the end, she's let go. And then Derek at the end has the speech of like, it's really your fault, uh, Weber, because you created chaos. That's the new normal. All right. That's a minute and three seconds. <laughs> You're supposed to stop me. Awesome. Okay. So I love this episode. Um, because I just love the whole mystery aspect, right? You get flashes. You're not going linearly in time the whole time. Um, you're trying to figure out and you get everyone's different perspectives of the situation, but it's not actually what happened. Like that whole example with Alex is crazy. Cause like, um, whatever the other Mercy West person was like, he kept talking about cutting a carotid, but he's saying to himself, don't cut the carotid, don't cut the carotid. Um, and it's really crazy. And then you feel like, yeah. So it's just like, I just love the whole like mystery aspect. It's like those episodes on a TV show where they like show you this chaotic moment and they're like three days earlier. And so it <laughs> felt like that. Yeah, it's a really whodunit, this episode. It's really funny because it's a whodunit. Exactly. And it doesn't get enough recognition because it's also like, it's not our first interaction with Mercy West people, but it is a little bit. And we hate them at first. But I think at the for end of this episode is the first time you kind of humanize the Mercy West people a little bit. Because like at the end of it, like at the end of the show, like we all love April Jackson, like to no end. Was there anything that like stood out to you? Like, do you have a favorite scene or a favorite quote from the episode or something that you <sighs> I don't know if you're a quote or anything, but like I did oh, when they were treating the burn victim and they have to cut off all the dead skin that's been burned and all his nerves are just completely exposed. And he's like just screaming in pain the whole time. Like, and Lexi can't even handle it. Like she has to leave the room. And then like Arizona gets really mad at her being like, he's in pain, not you like get over yourself and be there for him. Um, like, I just, I really enjoyed that interaction. Cause like, I think I would be like Lexi, like, I don't know if I could handle that. I'd have to get used to something like that. Like I'd have to train to be able to handle something like that. I couldn't just be okay with someone shrieking in pain that I'm causing, but like, that is still better for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I remember that scene and it's, uh, yeah, you're right. It's so powerful. It was a great episode, Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. More people should watch it, should rewatch it actually. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's great. I have great and- taste. And the fact that it's all shot during night adds mystery mm-hmm. to the episode, mm-hmm. you know, this atmosphere. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. Episode. Great choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the I like the scene too where, um, like when they're going to the, I think it's the, like the meeting room when they're interviewing everybody because it's nighttime and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's like raining or something. Is it like there's kind of like dramatic kind of. Yeah, when they're interviewing and afterwards and stuff, like there's like it like a storm in the background and stuff. And it's like, yeah. like the person died at 1230 in the morning. So all those interviews must be at like two, three, four in the morning. Like it's literally all night. Yeah. Okay, should I go next? Yes, let's move on. My first choice is episode, episode 15, season four, which is called Losing My Religion. And it is written by Deborah Kahn. So here is the quick recap. recap. Okay, I'm going to time you. Sorry. Yeah. One, two, three, go. So the chief mentor comes to town because he needs heart surgery and this, this operation may threaten Eric Ann's career. Uh, Meredith tries to quit therapy because she refuses to engage with the therapist. Christina is acting out of character after learning about Burke's Arpre every win. And George becomes the chief's intern. 
Was huh? I good? Yes, you're 20, you're 21 seconds. Well, a third of the time I took a job. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Congrats. So, okay, you have to know that um, one of my favorite storylines of the of the entire series is the relationship between Meredith and, and their mother. How Alice calls Meredith ordinary and how Meredith spends her life trying to prove to her and to herself that she's not. So this is a big running theme at the beginning of the series and the relationship gets actually resolved all in season 11. Um, when Meredith loses Derek, for the first time in her life, Meredith realizes what it feels to lose the love of your life. How Alice must have felt when she lost Richard. And then only at that point, she can make peace with it. So I really loved and loved even today this storyline. And this episode is beautiful and heartbreaking regarding this relationship because <clears throat> Meredith is in therapy. So uh, again, uh, another favorite storyline story of mine, I loved all her sessions with their therapists. I don't know if you remember them, but they're great. There is so much to mine there. And it's all only after all this session that she says in the in season four finale to Derek that she's she's yield that she's wall now so uh, this is the beginning of a new arc for her uh it's the beginning of the end of the dark and twisty era of meredith talking about meredith and her therapy sessions in this episode she decides to quit because the, the her therapist dr white tells her that she's a quitter and she keeps saying that she's not so it, it is funny and then at the end of the episode she breaks down and we discover an important thing about Meredith's past something that actually broke her and it's shocking because we discovered that her mother tried to kill herself when she was a child and it is such a powerful scene her admitting maybe for the first time ever ever out loud what happened uh, I mean the episode ends with Meredith saying to Dr. White you think I'm broken then fix me and that is a beautiful scene. And another reason why I chose this episode is because it has one of the most beautiful, beautiful patients ever. Basically, these are the episodes of the clinical trial of Meredith and Derek. And they're treating a woman with brain cancer who wants to wait for the for her love of her life to show up before getting the surgery. But her sister, Meredith and Derek, believe that this man doesn't exist, that he exists only on her mind because in her mind because of her tumor so actually Meredith thinks that this human is delusional because she's escaping the truth she's a quitter in this episode so she doesn't want to believe to this woman's story because it feels like a fairy tale and fairy tales to her do not exist on the other hand Derek wants to believe in the patient's story because he wants to believe in love so it is a very interesting conflict between Meredith and Derek seeing them at opposite sides and they, their chemistry in this episode is amazing so there is Derek desperately wanting to believe in it and Meredith trying to deny it and then the woman must admit to herself that the man her prince charming was never there that the story she had thought she had lived losing her shoe during a cruise and getting back thanks to him do you remember Cinderella right yeah that's what I'm gonna say like I would not have believed her myself like that's like the whole crazy I was like oh my god this one's bonkers and then like <laughs> at the end when like you're like oh like no 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 like it was right she was right all on I was like yeah. what? how in that day and age do you have no pictures together only sketches and you like made it like a Cinderella story I was like what like I was yeah. blown. <laughs> yes 
because after the surgery, I mean, the woman decides, so Greta, the patient is called Greta, decides to have the surgery, not waiting for her Prince Charming. And then when she, I mean, she will never recover from this surgery. And when, when she's there in a coma and he shows up and he was real and the fairy tale wasn't a fairy tale and it was reality. And now Meredith, and this is the beautiful thing about this episode, that Meredith has to accept that maybe after all, a light exists. So she's forced to she's forced to face her demons, and she admits to be broken. She admits for the first time that she needs help, and that is amazing. This case is really amazing. And there is a beautiful quote, which might be my favorite quote ever. So basically, at the end of the episode, uh, Meredith voiceover says, "Don't wonder why people go crazy. Wonder why they don't." In the face of all we can lose in a day, in an instant, wonder what the hell it is to make us all it together. So it's a beautiful episode and this is why I love it. What about you, Jasmine? Okay, so um, the first episode I chose was from season eight, uh, episode 15, uh, called Have You Seen Me Lately? I guess I should do the, the 30 second recap. Um, can yeah, here, I'll, I'll, I will do that for you and I will be aggressive and make sure you don't go over time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, oh, I almost did 30 minutes. That's what I want to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, on your marks, get set, go. Okay. In this episode, Amelia travels to Seattle in an attempt to convince Derek to help her with a case that hits close to home. Christina and Owen go through marriage counseling in an attempt to save their marriage, only to realize it's hopeless. Alex receives a wake-up call and realizes that in order to be a good doctor, he'll need to improve his people skills. Meredith and Callie treat a man who got his hand stuck in a meat grinder, and the residents continue to study for their upcoming oral boards. Good. Yeah, I was just saying 10 seconds, like you have 10 seconds left. Okay. Awesome, good job. Thank you. Okay, um, so I picked this episode um, for a few reasons. Um, it's one of the episodes in which uh, Amelia and Lexi work together on a case with Derek. And I love their dynamic and I wish um, I wish they'd had more time together. The three of them were kind of the, the neuro dream team. And I love to imagine an alternative universe in which Amelia moves to Seattle and Lexi lives in which they all work together. And then, you know, Zola grows up and they, they train her to be a neurosurgeon and they all live and then everyone's living happily ever after. And this episode allows <laughs> me to indulge in that fantasy. So I love that. And um I was a bit sad though. So when I originally watched this episode, like I'd never seen private practice before. And so I assumed that the patient lives, but if you actually, I was able to watch all of private practice uh, last year. Um, no, I guess it was two years ago, 2018, um, when it became available on Amazon Prime and you find out that the patient recovers, but then she gets sicker and winds up dying like on private practice. Oh. And I was like, well, that was sad. <laughs> What so, season of private practice was that in when the person um, died? Yes. Yeah, so this would have been, yeah, this is part of a crossover that occurred in season five of private Season five. Yeah. So if you're looking for the companion there. Um, the reason I picked this episode is because um, I really, so Christina is one of my favorite characters. Um, her, Meredith, and Alex are the big three for me. And in this episode, this has her iconic speech, I feel iconic, where her and owner are in marriage counseling, and he doesn't understand why she doesn't want children, and it's a, it's a, it's a deal breaker for them. And Christina has her, you know, her big speech where she says, you know, I wasn't mugged by a baby, I just don't want children. Some people just don't want kids. And I just, I, I love that, that wasn't mugged by a baby. Yeah, I just, I felt that in my soul. I really identify with that. And, you know, when they're, 
having when they're arguing marriage counseling, you know, things that Owen says are ridiculous. You know, he says, you know, in three to five years, you're going to change your mind, you're going to regret it. And she says, I, I will know that I made a choice. And when I was watching it again, I was like, also, Owen's being kind of ridiculous here because you know he's acting as if surrogacy and adoption are not options also when is Owen not acting ridiculous all he does is yell at women for not wanting babies or his babies in particular yeah and so you know he says that he says that you know like he demands to know why that there has to be a reason she's like I wasn't abused or anything I just don't want children he insists that you know he's like well Meredith has a kid and she's like so what my best friend has a kid he's like well you do everything together you do everything the same Asking someone to have a child they don't want because their best friend has one is the dumbest thing ever. But the point I'm trying to make here is that as crazy as what he says is, I've had guys say stuff like that to me. I've, you know, I, I haven't had an abortion. It wasn't as dire, but I've had to walk away from relationships myself as a woman because I don't want to have kids biologically. I'm not big on marriage. And, you know, I, I got out of a three and a half year relationship over this issue. You know, I've walked out on dates and not called people back because they said stuff that that was that ridiculous. Sorry you had to go through that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, so that. this really resonated with me because, you know, I've had um, guys say that kind of thing to me. And so it really resonated with me. And I love that they um, they portrayed that. And uh, I felt that they, they portrayed it and they showed it uh, really well. So, uh, Clint, do you want to talk about um, the the next episode that that you chose sure cool cool um when i count me down oh sure let's say the title first so this one is season 11 episode 13 staring at the end one two three go so this episode's all about like herman and arizona just like saving babies left and right like they have their bulletin board full of cards and they're just saving baby 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 <laughs> and bailey really wants this other baby saved from someone that she like treated and killed her husband by accident and they're like no 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 but in the end a baby dies and they have time now to save this other baby and then uh amelia is trying to figure out how to deal with herman's tumor and amelia has that super awesome speech where she's like this tumor is a baby it is trying to live and we are the monsters trying to kill it and it was like really really cool and yeah Yay. Was I within 30 seconds this time? 20, 29 seconds. Yeah. You made it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, I love this episode. I just love the montage of like Arizona just like learning fetal surgery in like basically an episode, but like for her four weeks and just like like all she's doing is sleeping the bare minimum and then doing fetal surgery. That's all she's doing. And you can see like Herman getting worse with her condition, like her vision's getting blurred. She's brushing her hair and hair is falling out. She's trying to do radiation and it shows a little bit of like how much, like how torturous the treatments for cancer can be. Like she has to wear this thing pressed up against her face for like elongated periods of time for the radiation treatment. And that would just be like, I'm not even claustrophobic, but that would freak me out. And you really get to see Herman being humanized like how she reaches out for arizona's hand in that one scene when she's beginning the radiation treatment um and she like herman just says how like she wants to have a legacy like she wants to leave the world a better place she wants to add something of value and i just resonate with that so much like i don't want to have this ordinary monday mundane life like i want to be extraordinary in any capacity that i can and i want to impact people and you know impact the world in a positive way i don't want to like burn it down um <laughs> And yeah, just like, I oh, just really resonate with Herman and then Amelia talking about how a tumor, even though it is made up of your own cells, like it is still like this foreign thing that is living inside of you and it's trying to grow and its sole purpose of a tumor is just to grow uncontrollably. And so that was just a really cool speech. And then like oh, Edwards is still there before she leaves and I love Edwards. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just a great episode. I just really loved 
like the drama of it and them just like saving all these babies and how badass Arizona got to be. I remember this that- is also Amelia pre-tumor removal. So she's all like kind of wild. And she's also yeah. trying to not be like, she has that great line where she says like her whole career, she's been the other shepherd because she's not Derek Shepherd. Mm-hmm. But if the surgery goes wrong, she could become the wrong shepherd and she doesn't want that to happen. And I was like, oh my God, like what a feel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Sorry, I, and Jasmine, you were saying something. Yeah. I was saying that like, I remember that montage and I, now that you're talking about it, I remember and I love that. And it is a very emotional episode. And and what you're just saying right there about, you know, like how bad, yeah, how badass Arizona is. And I think they later say that like, you know, she's one of like 10 people in the world that does what she does once she retrains. Yeah, and exactly. And, and on that point, um, you know, like fetal and neonatal medicine and pediatrics have come so far. Like from when I was a kid, you know, there's things that families have access to now that they never did before, which is incredible. And uh, just that comment you just made about Amelia not wanting to be the wrong shepherd and the other shepherd, just thinking about how like, you know, now she's the only shepherd because Derek has passed away and she's got her tumor removed and she's got her life together. And God, like past Amelia and, and Derek Shepherd at that time would be so proud of her, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And just how calm, like, like Amelia, like was said, like she was nervous for the surgery when she was asked in her lecture she was giving and stuff. Um, but then seeing just how calm she was when um, uh, Herman shows up and she's like, I can't really see. And they're just like, okay, it's time. And like, no warning, nothing. Just like, okay, I'm going to go scrub now. We're going to go start an 18 to 20 hour surgery. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't need a nap first? Like, <laughs> oh, anyways, great episode. Except, do you want to talk about the, the one that you chose next? Okay. My next choice was uh, season seven, episode 15, Golden Hour, which was written by Stacey McKee. So I'm going to do the quick recap. Okay. I'll count you in. One, yes. two, three. Go. Meredith, looking to prove she's chief uh, resident material, learns that anything and everything can happen in an hour's time when she steps up to run the ER for a night. Meanwhile, Bailey sneaks off with Eli and gets into a little mischief, and everyone is surprised when the chief's wife, Adele, shows up as one of the, of the ER patients. You, said you, you made it. You got 23 seconds. Oh, I'm great at this game. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, lo- I, I love this episode because it is an episode that completely focuses on Meredith. And I think it is the only centric about Meredith Gray as a surgeon. So uh, here she's in charge of the ER because she's a candidate for chief resident and she wants to make a, a good impression. And these scenes flow into each other in a great way because this episode is actually an hour in the life of Meredith Gray. So in an hour, we see a powerful story of a patient who comes into the ER because of chest pain and he ends up dying. A man with a knife on his head, which finally is not in life danger. A boy who is in pain and needs the doctors to apply the cast on him, but his place in the ER gets pulled all the time because of other patients. So each patient actually makes an impression on Meredith. Um, And then we have Adele who comes to the hospital because she fell and Meredith realizes she's in a confused state. So is it Alzheimer's? And this episode is also the beginning. So of a beautiful but heartbreaking storyline as you, which will culminate only on season nine during Belly's wedding. When, you know, Richard and Meredith talk about Adele's, Adele passing away. I, I like this mm-hmm. episode because we see how much Mare has grown as a surgeon, as a woman, the way she's bossy and she's in charge of everything. 
But at the same time, she's so vulnerable in this episode. Mm -hmm. The most emotional case is this man who comes into the hospital because he has chest pain and he wants to get out from there because he has to take his child to, to a game. And then actually at the end of the hour, at the end of the episode, he dies. Right. Uh, I remember that. Oh, God. Yeah. And, and Meredith has to make at the end of the episode that phone call to his child. And it's outbreaking. This episode is is really great for Meredith because she's very vulnerable. Uh, so this is the time in the season when Derek and Meredith are trying to have a baby and she has fertility issues. So she gets injection to increase her possibility to get pregnant. Do you remember that great scene between Meredith and Derek in the elevator? And yes, Derek? yes, yes, I remember that. But yeah, that, that might be the dirtiest and funniest scenes of the two of them. That, that is a great scene. Meredith is really frustrated in this episode because she really wants a baby now. And Christina reveals her that Kali has asked her to be the godmother of the baby. So Christina hopes this will not hurt Meredith. But of course, she's hurt because she feels like this might mean irrationally that she won't have her have a baby. Christina gets it and she gets why Meredith is in pain. And this is one of the main reasons there to me and I think to everyone, the core of the show, the love story of the show, the way they talk to each other freely. They're not afraid to be judged. They get each other completely. And Christina decides to listen to Meredith and she gives up to be Kali's child grandmother. I mean, that is huge. And then basically at the end of the episode, she has lived through the ups, Meredith has lived through the ups and downs of life and death. And then it's time for her to turn around and do it over again, because an hour just ended and another is about to start. Great episode. That is a great episode. I love that. Yeah. It's interesting how like, like I'm looking at my episodes and I won't give away my last episode, but like none of mine have really anything to do with Derek. And mm -hmm. even then only one of them, the one I haven't talked about has anything to do with Meredith. Like, I think trying to pick underrated episodes, I really tried to pick ones that weren't around that main love story. And then like Giuseppe found like these loving moments with Meredith and Derek that I just like completely forgot about. Yeah. And, and trust me, this is an episode. They, Meredith and Derek have great scenes in this episode. And it's an episode, it's a great episode all around because it's very funny because Derek it's the episode where Derek discovers Betty in the you know, <laughs> having sex with Eli. Oh, year. I mean, Eli was hot. <laughs> yeah, he was very, very hot. So yes, I, 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 when I chose the episodes, I realized that they were all Meredith related because I love her as a character, of course. And I also realized that I wanted to highlight great Meredith episodes that actually are not remembered very well. So that's why mm -hmm. I made. Um, all right, so this is uh, my next one is uh, season nine, episode 14, uh, The Face of Change. And uh, all right, let me know uh, when you're ready. Three, two, one, go. Okay, in this episode, competition heats up as Jackson and Alex vie to both become the new face of Seattle Grace Mercy West Hospital as the doctors prepare for the Pegasus takeover. April brings a teenager in critical condition to the closed ER. Jackson and Alex work with a transgender teen couple, and Callie and Richard go undercover to find out more about Pegasus, which leads Callie to propose to the plane crash survivors by the hospital themselves. Awesome. Good job. You had six seconds to spare. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, so uh, I love this episode um, for a whole uh, bunch of reasons. I picked this one because um, it focused a lot on Alex, and I love Alex. It's also got, uh, I didn't remember this until I watched it, but it's got the beginnings of a lot of relationships. 
uh, which were very interesting. So we have the start of Joe and Alex. We have Stephanie uh, Edwards and Jackson. We have the start of April and Matthew. There's a lot of funny scenes where by this point, uh, Meredith is pregnant with Bailey. And so, you know, she's the pregnant lady asking if April's gonna eat all of her burrito, uh, her two burritos. <laughs> and everyone else is like hooking up and like, you know, just kind of running around doing that crap. And she's like the pregnant lady with a kid who's like, you're gonna finish that burrito. Something else I loved about this episode is, so uh, they've closed the ER to prepare for the sale, but April brings in a critical patient because there's nowhere else for the kid to go. And so it's one of those episodes where the entire group comes together on a common goal to save this kid and not let the investors that are touring the hospital know that's what's happening. And I always mm -hmm. loved storylines where everybody comes together on a common goal or project. And in a different mm -hmm. way, um, it's one of the reasons I like Hayes as a character in the recent seasons, because I feel like all the characters trying to get him and Meredith together is like a group project. And I love those storylines. Um, <laughs> so I love that. Um, this also has a lot of funny stuff in that Callie and Richard go undercover and they're like, I'm Cal which she's like Calliope Plantain. And right. that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I remember. <laughs> and that's what the doctor's like, uh, we have to restart because I only have like however many minutes with you, it's right? Like 15 minutes in the machine, the, the tablet keeps malfunctioning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like, there's a running joke where the tablet keeps deleting all, every time Meredith tries to make an edit, it, it keeps deleting all of her, her patients. Um, so there's a joke mm -hmm. about that. Um, it, you know, there's they, you know, Callie is saying like, we, we can't keep our heads down. We have to do something. Otherwise they're going to destroy this place. Yeah. There was a lot of funny moments with Alex and Jackson and also some very uh, poignant moments because um, the, the couple that Jackson and, and Alex treat, um, it, it's a, a couple of, of two trans people, one of whom is transitioning male to female, the other one female to male. The one person's dad didn't find out until last minute. He almost like, he, he tries to like assault Alex. Um, you know, the, the partner is talking to the mother in surgery and there's a lot of really great point moments where the dad is all freaked out. Um, the, the, the female transgender partner is trying to talk to him about what it's like for them. Alex is trying to talk the guy down. And there's a, you know, and you see kind of the beginnings of Jackson because um, he's done a lot of work with transgender patients over the seasons, which I love. And you see kind of the beginnings of, of that and maybe not the beginnings, but just, you know, more of his work and how for all of his schmooze and his pretty boy, you know, the, the jokes people make, he, he really does, uh, he does care. Like he does want the best for these patients, but there's also like, you know, they're being followed around with cameras all day and Joe and Stephanie are like getting into competition about it. And there's some funny uh, moments where um, they're kind of joking back and forth and I, I liked their friendship. So those, those are some great moments. And then there's this great moment where the, the bottom drops out where Jackson gets a call from Abel who's gone on right along. That's how they want to bring in this kid. And, you know, they're joking around about like, who's better Jackson or Alex, at which point Jackson just turns them. He's standing by the staircase and he goes, can I trust you? And he like the bottom drops out, all the funny drops out and they're staring at him. And then you find out they're bringing the kid there. Which I just love. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think in real life you would have doctors ever go really rogue like that, yeah. but it just, it's so important to show like healthcare not being about money, right? Yeah. Like, yes. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah. uh, then they, you mentioned Derek. Derek was really great in the episodes I wound up picking. And I had those moments where I was like, 
because for me, Derek was either saving the day or being the world's biggest asshole. And in these episodes, he's saving the day. And so I love that. And I was like, yes, it was great. So I was like, this is why I like, this is why I used to like this character. Like, I miss this guy. And I, that's the thing you know, I missed. There's so many characters that I missed seeing in these episodes that, that like hadn't been, you know, they haven't been on the show in a while that I, it was nice to see them. It was nice to see them. What about your next episode, Clinton? What is your uh, last choice? Okay, let's get ready for my last one. Um, so this one is season 13, episode 20 in the air tonight. And if someone wants to get their timer ready, yes. I'll get a timer. Let me know when you're good to go. One, two, three, go. So we're in a post-Steric world. It's a season and a bit after he's died. And Meredith and Riggs, love Riggs, are both on the same flight. And they're trying to like, Meredith's like, I can't date you because like Maggie loves you. And they're on this flight. And there's like a bunch of like interesting, funny people and an annoying dude who yells at a mom because their kid's upset. And then the plane hits crazy turbulence when they're in the air. And it's up to Meredith and Riggs to basically be like, we're surgeons. We got to save all these people. And so they do some crazy cool stuff. But then they end up like putting a needle to this dude's brain because he's going to like have this pressure build up and it's wild Nine. yeah so i love this episode i was talking earlier about like not me not wanting to be ordinary me wanting to be extraordinary and i was watching this and i was like i want to be meredith like that sounds so stressful but like i want to be the only one in the room that can help someone which is probably really conceited but like i just i want to like i would want to be in that situation i would hate to be paralyzed and not be able to do anything like i'd want to make sure i was able to help mm-hmm. um and just seeing them like manage, like, like I always kind of said, like, like a doctor managing an ER has a lot of similarities to like a server running a restaurant. Like you have your tables, which are kind of like your patients, you have other staff you have to coordinate with. You have to always be on the go knowing what everyone needs at any given time. Obviously the stakes are much different and the training is much different. Um, but like that management when they're going around and they're prioritizing, like who needs help first, um, trying to figure out when someone's stable, trying to get to the next person. And it was just so interesting. And then like seeing Meredith, like try to fight for a patient, like land the plane and then seeing the pilot who was awesome that she was female too. Um, like being like, I can't put everyone at risk for one person. And then seeing them try to be innovative and like MacGyver some stuff around to try to like save this person's life. And it was just like, such like a stressful episode I cried so many times I was always on edge and I've seen it before and I watched this two days ago and I was like oh my god like a heart pumping and then like there's the great part where the asshole guy has pulmonary hypertension and he can't breathe and they have to get him erectile dysfunction medication to open up um his blood vessels so he won't be suffocating and like the old lady comes by and like the one that had said before about this about the guy was like oh his mother didn't raise him right and was like oh you need erectile dysfunction medication here's some um which i thought was really funny and then there's like the one girl who like just happened to be sitting between the two doctors ends up like helping them like drain the blood out and doing all this crazy stuff um yeah i loved it and then like just another part i really loved was like when Meredith and Rings uh, joined the Mile High Club, they had sex in a plain washroom and they come out and then Riggs comes out and one of the gay guys was like, oh, well, um, oh no, the, the gay guy's talking to Meredith. Meredith's like, ooh, like he's cute. And he's like, yeah, I know. And then Riggs comes out of the washroom and he's like, he's cute too. And she's like, yeah, I know. Like super annoyed about it, um, which I thought was super funny. <laughs> and it's just, uh, everyone go rewatch it. Like that is my, like I did these in like ascending order. This is my number one most underrated episode. I love that one too. I, I, I love that episode as well because I, I love Riggs as well and I love them with Meredith and that is a great episode because I think that it is the first episode in which Meredith actually lets go of Derek. 
there is that montage at the end of uh, Riggs urging her to move on mm-hmm. and, and those flashbacks of her and Derek and then they decide to, to go uh, to, to to sleep together yeah in a nice hotel and he's like well like how how nice of a hotel do I need to get like four stars five stars like how much money do I need to spring and Meredith <laughs> pretty much implies like go yeah. out. like I'm worth yeah. it and like also like you're right like the Maggie thing was an excuse and it really was like letting go of Derek and like letting him down or whatever like mm-hmm. however she was feeling around that um and then also like ugh, Meredith is just like sticking up for the mom with a baby and yes. like telling the guy like do you just love yelling at moms who are already stressed out trying to calm their kids down like like is this making anything better you jerk and like oh I just love that too and I was like I just wanted to be Meredith I want to yell at men who shame women about their kids and I want to save the day and <laughs> the only thing I would be different though is the second that plane landed and my guy was good and I could pass him off I think I would burst into tears like I think I would just like I don't know how Meredith like Meredith like sigh she's like oh, like relief and I'm like you didn't just like finish a jog or finish the dishes like that was stressful like I would have like sobbed the second I was done like great episode yeah great episode anyways that's my I think I when I was picking these episodes I tried to pick ones like I didn't try to like scour the list I tried to really just think about like episodes I remembered sticking out to me when I watched them Mm. um and this was the first one that came to mind because I remember even watching I was like this is one of the best episodes they've ever done yeah it's a pretty good one yeah Anyways, okay, we can move on. Xavier, uh, do you want to you want to talk about uh, the next one on your list? Oh yes, the next, the last one on my list is season eight, episode twelve, "Hope for the Hopeless," written by Pete Nowell. Okay. So I'm gonna do a quick recap. One, yes. two, three, go. So Richard performs performs his ten thousandth surgery. Derek and Lexi take on an neuroblastoma case that has been previously deemed inoperable. Teddy and Christina cross the line when they go against Owen's orders. And Alice Grace Shadow looms as Meredith searches for a specialty. Right, 20 seconds. Oh, one last thing I forgot. Adele is brought into the hospital after she's found wandering the streets. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's it. Okay, so that was 27 seconds. Okay, that's good. Okay. I love Meredith, as I said, but I also love Grace because of the ensemble. And this episode is great on that front because it has the humor, the drama, the laughs between the interaction of this character. And it is a very glass, this is a very classic Grace episode that not many people actually remember, but yet it is a turning point episode because it, it silently and powerfully changes the course of the show. And also it's a celebratory episode. I mean, this is the episode in which Richard, as I said, celebrates his 10,000 surgery and Meredith plans Zola's birthday. Remember, she just there, there, Meredith and Derek just got Zola back. Mm-hmm. And I, I like episodes that converge in a big meeting, a party. And this party, the party that takes place at the end of the at the end of the episode, actually ends with a bang. So basically, in this episode, Meredith is faced with an important choice, which will determine the rest of her career. And because Owen Aunt urges her to declare a specialty. And she's very insecure. She, she, she was forced to leave Nero because of the tampering with Derek, with Derek's trial. And so she's involved in a diabetes trial with Dr. Bailey. So everybody keeps telling her that she should go with General. She's a natural. She's the daughter of um, Alice Gray. Her being the daughter of Alice Gray is actually the thing that is preventing her from making this choice. She tried to escape from it, from from her mother. She tried 
to take the distance for a dis distance from from her genius mother and now she's again feeling under a shadow so she doesn't uh, want to be the other gray she doesn't want to be the other gray but at the end of the day richard reminds her that she's so different from her mother that her mother would have never put so much effort into making zola's birthday party so again uh, this running theme of meredith want to take distance from her mother and you know when i chose the episode the episodes i didn't realize that all the episodes that i chose had something to do with meredith and their relationship with their mother which i i found pretty interesting so it's so in meaningful because it's like not wanting to be like your parents but inevitably we are going to have similarities to our parents based on yeah. genetics and them raising us and stuff yeah so yeah. like being able to take the best of our parents or even like if we are similar in some of the negative ways like understanding that like the fact that we're even aware of that is leagues above yeah what yeah. your parent might have been available to do right so like yeah. just like for meredith being like i have some of my mom's best traits and i probably have some of her darker traits but i'm aware of that and i'm gonna try to work on that and i'm gonna make my daughter feel important on her birthday which mm -hmm. is something she never really got so like yeah, yeah. it's okay to be both like your parent and not like your parent. Yes. And exactly. And right now, if you think about the Meredith in the show right now, she's actually both. She's at least gray. But this yeah, you said something earlier in your last episode when you said this was the end of dark and twisty Meredith. And I do believe right now in like season 17 or season 16, because COVID is intense, like you do have a very different Meredith than you did like season four, dark and twisty. But like, I don't think the episode after that Meredith's all of a sudden no longer dark and twisty no, no, so no, like no, when no. do you think that happened like when do you think she really transitioned into no longer dark and twisty Meredith I think I actually think that happened at the end of season four because when she she builds the candle house for Derek there is a turning point for her when she discovers that her, what her mother meant when she told her don't be ordinary, be extraordinary, that she was talking about being able to love, that is the moment in which something in Mer inside Meredith changes. In fact, if you think about it, starting from season five, she's in a stable relationship with Derek. This does not mean, I didn't mean that she completely dropped the dark and twisty. She's Meredith Grey, she's always gonna be dark and twisty. What I meant is that at the end of season four, after, after a therapy session, she's like, okay, I am dark and twisty. I, I get that. And I can be something else. I, I can grow. She grows. When she lets go of her mother, she grows. And then the real change, I think that it actually happens at the end of season 11, when Derek dies, as I said. Because in that moment, and if you remember those episodes, there is a parallel between her and their mother. Alice Gray losing Richard, Meredith Gray losing Derek. So in that, in that moment, Meredith actually makes peace with her mother. And that is the reason why she decides to call her daughter, Ellis, as the mother she hated and loved so much at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that is the turning point for Meredith. Mm -hmm. What a great episode. Good choices. And I have to say, so I'm going to say very briefly that there is a beautiful scene in this episode, Hope for the Hopeless, with you all must remember this. It's the, the moment in which Adele sing, Adele Richard sing My Funny Valentine. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. Yes. What about your last choice, Jasmine? Oh, I got my timer out again. Okay. Get, get, I like timing. This is fun. I like putting the pressure on people. 
all right get your time out okay so um one of the ones i actually wanted to pick was one of the ones that giuseppe chose about uh, meredith in, in the er um but he dips it so i was like that's fine so i went with um one of my other choices which was uh season 16 episode 19 love of my life uh so clinton let me know when uh, when you're ready all right three two one go Okay, in this episode, Richard prepares to present his path pen at the LA Surgical Innovation Conference, only for it to be revealed that he's ill and has been hallucinating Catherine's presence the entire time. Maggie and Winston reconnect and begin a relationship, learn the truth about who Allison was to Teddy, and Hazel lives moments from when he met his late wife and her battle with cancer. Wow, 18 seconds. Are you guys reading off a wiki or something? I wrote mine down. <laughs> I wrote mine down as well. and Because I, I I'm challenging myself to go from memory. <laughs> And I also have to thank Grace Wikia, which is yes, great. Wiki, yes, I, I, yeah. I it as a jumping off point. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. me, like, I, I would remember, like, I was like, oh, I wanted to do the Herman baby one. And then trying to be like, where the hell was that in the storyline? And like Netflix bios and Grace Wikis really helped. Yes, Yeah. very much so. Um, so Jackson, why did you choose this episode? I told you for a bunch of reasons. I, I love this episode because Hayes is one of my new favorite characters and we got to see his full backstory. We got to see, learn more about him. Um, I think they cast the actress to play his wife, Abigail, really well because I rooted for them so hard in this episode that I actually forgot she died. Like we knew she was dead by this point, but I they they sold it to me so much so that I was like, oh, right, she dies right like they they so got you invested in that story in such a short period of time i thought that was really well done i liked seeing him as a, as as a parent seeing him and his wife meet for the first time learning more about those dynamics um the setting was beautiful the hotel they filmed in was absolutely gorgeous i'm a big architecture and design fan so i was like oh it was you know it was beautiful um I love Maggie and Winston. I think they're perfect for each other. And I've never really been into any of Maggie's previous relationships. I didn't hate them, but they didn't grab me. And this was the first one they've put her in where I'm like, yeah, okay. I was like, when I, I watched this, I was like, I hope Winston shows up again because that was great. Um, they give me soulmate vibes. I love them together. Um, so that made me happy. And I thought they pulled off the, um, the twist with Richard really, really well. Um, because I totally, like, I knew something was off because him and Catherine reconciled so easily, but I, I didn't expect, you know, for it to be an hallucination when, when he's sitting in his room and Catherine vanishes, like, I was like, oh my God, like it totally got me. It broke my heart. Cause I love, I know, like, I think there's been different views on this, uh, but I love Catherine and Richard together. Like I absolutely love them together and I hated that they were apart. So I was so excited when they were together. I was like, wow. they reconciled, they're together, it's love. And then it was all in his head that was like, Richard, no. That we got to learn more about Teddy. And I, I know that not everybody was happy with what they, what they gave her because some people saw it as playing up stereotypes about people who are bisexual. And I think that's a totally valid criticism. But I, I, I did love that we got to learn more about Teddy and I found- Is it about her being bisexual or is it about her being poly? I, I guess it could be that way as well. Um, I'm, I guess, yeah. Because that's go. how I interpreted it. Okay, that's, that's true. That could be that too. What I wanted to say is that I, I, people took that in different ways. And I think that's all valid. I liked learning more about Teddy and I found Allison's, um, learning more about Allison and her lines really poignant and the way they show those flashbacks really meaningful because on rewatch stuff that I noticed was 
she talks about having um, wanting to have breakfast at Windows on the World at her work. And I was like, I didn't recognize that name. So I Googled it. And that's a name of this iconic, famous restaurant in the World Trade Centers. And so I, there was moments like that where I felt that was so poignant, where, you know, she's talking about having breakfast in this place where she would later die. And, you know, the amount of work they put into making the uh, something I caught on this rewatch was the amount of work they put into making look the fashions look realistic. Like they, the TV where they're watching the news, it's the kind of TVs that like they would have wheeled into like my school growing up. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, that would have taken an obscene amount of work for the crew. Like they would have had to source the TV, the DVD player, the VHS, sourced footage, somehow hooked it up to work with an older television. That was a lot of work. And it, it works well as a result, like you, the flashbacks feel authentic. Um, to obviously a, a, a tragic incident and I guess a, a series of events that's, you know, holds meaning for a lot of people, especially who watch the show. Um, so I thought that was beautifully done. And mm -hmm. yeah, it made me, you know, it made me fall in love with Hayes. The, the, this episode made me fall in love with Hayes as a character even more. I love Maggie Winston. Um, the reveal with Richard and Catherine was really well done. Like, I want to say, they got me so good on this that when Catherine's in Seattle watching the recording, it didn't even occur to me that that was a problem. That's how much they sold it. It didn't even mm -hmm. occur to me until I was like, oh, she's disappeared. Oh, she's in Seattle, not LA. Oh, he's having some kind of a, a, a thing happen while he's presenting. Like they got me good. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, love I it. really thought he was going to like present some new cancer breaking research. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. Like I really thought it was going to be some like, new research in real life that they were showing, like some new thought process or something. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so cool to learn about. And then like circles, eyeballs, like whatever it was like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I felt the same way. Alrighty. Well, as much as we'd love to talk forever, um, yeah. I think we should probably, we should yeah. probably wrap this we up. We should wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so, and we hope much, that, this is so much fun though. Yeah. <laughs> And we hope that, you know, the people will, will rewatch those the episodes that we chose. Oh, no. I want people to rewatch all nine and then send back their favorite of the nine. That would be interesting. Who oh, yes. picked yes. the best, most underrated episode? Yes. 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 Right on our Instagram. Jasmine, do you want to remind people where they can find us? Yes. I'm going to remind people. And yeah, so if you follow us on Twitter or Instagram, um we could do an instagram poll series where it's like you put oh, two yeah. against each other and then like do rounds and stuff yeah, yeah 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 totally gonna do that okay so you can find us on twitter at dance it out pod and our instagram at dance it out gray's anatomy so we're gonna be doing that in the coming days so look out for that guys um and i think that's our show uh so a big thank yeah. you Clinton, for uh coming on our podcast once again Thank you for having me. If you like what you heard today, uh, be sure to subscribe, like, and re re review our show uh, and tell your friends. Uh, our theme song is inspired by Kevin McCoy. Uh, and until next time, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Giuseppe. And, this is and I'm Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> this is Clinton. Uh, and this is Dance It Out. A Grey's Anatomy podcast.